Hey, my beautiful sister. So I know the Christmas season and the holidays, they're supposed to be surrounded by hope, joy, peace, you know, presence of the people that we love, rest. But I know how hard it can be as busy mamas to find true rest in the Christmas season. And, you know, I mean, I think the holidays in general can be full of so many stressful moments. We oftentimes get so busy leading up to the holidays and we are just... I think pressured by so many different demands from so many directions on top of an already full plate as moms and a busy schedule. And it can be so easy to get so caught up in all the things that we actually forget to enjoy the people that we're doing it all for. And I think this is, I mean, we know this is a season of giving, but we can give so much of ourselves that we have nothing left in so many ways. So I want to help you to keep your joy intact, to find the peace that the Lord really wants to give you in this Advent season, in this Christmas season. And I want to give you some breathing room between whether it's holiday events, travel, crazy schedules, you know, work deadlines, whatever it is for you. I want you to be able to enjoy the true meaning of the season. And a big part of that is finding rest in the Lord and with the people who you love the most. And so we're going to dive into that today. I recorded this episode about a month ago when we were in the thick of our move and I'm doing the second half for you today. We're going to identify 10 lies that might be preventing you from finding the time to rest and from entering freely into rest when this is what God is calling you to do. And these are oftentimes the ways that we don't even realize, but we are either holding ourselves back or we're falling into the lies from the enemy that are preventing us from receiving the true rest that God intends for us. And this is especially the case in the Christmas season because what better way to distract us and to pull our hearts from what's most important than preventing us from creating room in our hearts for Jesus Christ. That's what the devil wants. He doesn't want us to have room in our hearts for the Lord. He wants us to be distracted by all the other things. So let's shed light on this and let's dismantle these lies so that you can fully embrace the season and all the gifts that God wants to give you through it. Hey friend, welcome to Arm to the Heart. I'm Megan Gephardt. I believe life and motherhood is a gift. I believe each of us are born with a unique mission we're meant to fulfill. I believe babies and dreams can and do go together. I believe it is possible to pursue the dreams in our hearts and also be a great mom at the same time when we let God lead us. I believe it takes a village and a whole lot of grace and that military life and motherhood is so much better when we do it together. So let's put on the armor of God. Let's run this race set before us as sisters in arms, as sisters in Christ. My beautiful sister, thank you for being here with me today and taking time in your busy day. I'm just so grateful for the opportunity to walk with you on this journey. So today we're gonna to talk about rest, the elusive rest. And we talked a bit about it in the last episode, but I wanna do a deep dive here because this is one of the most important things for us as busy women, as busy moms, with a million things on our plate and a million hats that we're wearing and all the directions that we feel pulled in and this is one of the things that is holding us back the most from the life of peace, of purpose, of joy that God wants to give us. And that is the truth, the hard truth. And this comes up time and time again in my group coaching community because every single one of us struggle with it and every single one of us is wrestling with it. So you're not alone in the struggle to find rest. 
So I want to tell you the ironic part of how this episode came to be, (laughs) first of all. So this is a constant theme in my own life. And again, a constant theme that comes up in my group coaching community because we are very driven to pour ourselves out for our families and for those that we feel called to serve. We feel very driven to make an impact and many of us are doers and we expect a lot of ourselves in all that we do. And so for me, I was trying to work ahead on putting some podcast episodes together on recording podcasts for you so that I could have some space to focus on our move because we're about to do another move uh, as we finished up our captain's career course here and so we've got another military move coming up we're about to be stationed apart for about eight months or so I'm taking the boys with me um, and we're about to be in the craziness of the move we're like in the craziness right now but I'm trying to just work ahead a little bit to give myself some buffer space and so I'm feeling a bit of this pressure to produce you know, and to be very productive with the time that I have here to make some podcast episodes ahead and to get ahead. And so I was feeling a little bit rushed last night and I kept trying to get more done. And it was like, you know, I was kind of waiting for the right times in the day when the kids would go down for a nap or we'd have some quiet time or, you know, they went down to sleep at night. And so last night they went down to sleep and Matthew was a bit sick last night. And so he went down a little bit earlier than usual and William was asleep. And so I was like, okay, finally, I have some quiet time where I can really do some focused, deep work. And I was really excited, but I was also feeling a lot of pressure to really use that time. Well, how many of you feel me during those nap times, that pressure of almost like the anxiety around, ah, how do I actually use this time best? And you feel like pulled in a bunch of directions there. So that's kind of how I was feeling. But then I was also feeling the Holy Spirit tug to slow down, to rest, to just be with God for a bit but I stubbornly tried to push through instead (laughs) and was trying to throw myself into my work and to also justify doing more instead. And so not, you know, not very proud to tell you that, but that was the reality yesterday because the reality was I was worried about not having enough time to do what I needed to do. And I really want to serve you well. I want to make sure that you are getting very valuable episodes out. And so I was being, I was falling into this trap of feeling like I had this scarcity of time. Like I won't have enough time if I don't use this time right now to get work done, to be really productive with it. Because the kids are going to need me before I even know it. They're going to wake up, need to nurse, need to be comforted down to sleep because of a fever dream and whatever it was. And all that did happen a, a couple hours later. But then guess what? My phone dies. My computer dies. As soon as I try to get started with this and I was like, okay, Lord, (laughs) I see what you're trying to tell me here. And so I was basically forced to rest. I was like, all right, God, I get the point. Thank you for the nudge. (laughs) And it was humbling, you know, but I, I just turned to the Lord and I was like, okay, I see where you're coming from. And yes, I need to let go of the self-reliance and the dependence on myself and instead turn to you and trust that you are going to multiply whatever time that I give to you. I don't have to maintain this tight grip over my time. I can actually rest. I can allow you to pour into me. I can receive first so that I can then pour into others in the way that I meant to. So God just told me, Megan, you don't have to do this on your own. And he asked me very clearly. I was just hearing his voice very clearly. I was like, do you trust whatever you give me? I will multiply. I will magnify. I will make it more beautiful. Like, what are you not willing to fully give to me, to surrender to me? 
What are you afraid of? And that's what the Lord asked me last night. And so I want to ask you the same thing. Give yourself space to reflect on that, to prayerfully ask yourself those same questions and to give them back to the Lord. When it comes to slowing down, when it comes to resting, what are you afraid of? What is most uncomfortable for you in slowing down? Because God told me when I I gave my fears to him of not feeling like I was going to have enough time, he turned to me and reminded me, Megan, I'm not about productivity and about how much and how quickly you can get all this done, even if it's good work for me and for my kingdom. I'm about fruitfulness, and you have to trust that the more you give to me, the more fruitful this will be. So I sat down. I just entered into a time of prayerful reflection with the Lord, allowed him to speak into my heart, and that was the birth of this episode. (laughs) So I wanted to share that with you because just to be very honest with you, to be vulnerable with you, but also to let you know that I struggle with this too every single day. And I am just being refined in this every single day too. And just so many lessons here of humility, of obedience, of surrender and faith and trust, And he invites us into that more deeply every single day. But where are our hearts hardened to it? Because he wants to renew us and refresh us and to pour into us. To remind us of how loved we are. And who we are, not just what we do. So as I was reflecting, I was really thinking about, and God was just reinforcing to me, what is the cost of not resting? What is that resistance to rest robbing us of? So let me just go through. It's robbing us of our time, our energy, our peace, our joy, our presence, our connection and love, our relationships with God, with others, and ourselves as well. It's robbing us of our health, our integrated mind, body, spirit, and our well-being, right? And it's robbing us of the impact and calling that God has given us, that we are meant to make. Because it's not allowing us to enter into creativity, focus, we lose our innovation, and our performance and productivity also goes down. Because we've given all that we have and we're running on fumes when we're just pushing through, when we don't rest. And lastly, just as a whole, our fulfillment. We will lose sight of everything that matters most, or we will lose ourselves in the process and therefore sacrifice or end up compromising somehow what matters most when we refuse to rest or when we don't give ourselves permission to rest. And there's a humility in here we're going to talk about because I know it's really, really hard to feel like we can as mothers, as busy women with a lot on our plates. But it truly is robbing us of all of those things that matter most to us because those are the things we all want in life. When we're really honest with ourselves, when we take that step back, those are the things that we want. It's like no amount of success or achievements or whatever will matter if we do not have those things. The time, the presence, the energy, the joy, the peace, the relationships with the people that we love and with God, none of that, none of that success matters if we don't have those things. 
you know, but we very easily lose sight of it. So today we're going to talk about why it's so hard to rest. We're going to actually identify 10 lies that we are falling into, that we are believing, that are driven by the enemy, that are just false, these myths that we have (laughs) that are governing our capacity to actually say yes to rest, that are actually dictating the way that we are responding to the invitation God is giving us to rest, that are holding us back from actually resting. And then we're going to talk about some stories and the way this is playing out in our lives. I'm going to share some very specific, vivid memories of times in which I was reminded of the need to rest in a painful, but also very humbling and sanctifying way. So we're going to dive deep and I'm going to get very vulnerable with you here. So the lies about rest that we are holding on to. Number one, that I can't afford it. That it's a luxury that is not for me. It's a luxury I can't afford. That's the first lie. How many of you feel that way? I know I oftentimes catch myself in this lie. So my invitation to you as I go through all these is to ask yourself, do I fall into this lie? And then also moving forward, bring it to your awareness when you are believing this. And then you can reframe it with God's truth instead. And I'll share with you stories and script and scripture. I'm going to share with you stories and scripture to help you debunk these lies and to illustrate why they are actually false and why the enemy wants to keep us stuck here and why God wants us to break free from this. So number one was that I can't afford it. It's a luxury that's just not for me. Number two, others are deserving of rest, but I can't rest. I have to meet everyone else's needs first. And this could be our family, other people that we care a lot about, the people that we work with or work for. Everyone else's needs come first. And that others are deserving rest, but not me. Okay, number three, I have to earn it. I only deserve it if or when I finish everything. I get everything done. Uh, How many of us fall into this trap of only feeling like we can rest if we check off every single box on our to-do list? If we get everything done around the house? Or if we get everything done for our work? Uh, It's just, it really impacts this deep sense of worthiness. Do you feel like you're deserving a rest? regardless of whether everything is done or not. I know I barely do if I'm honest with myself. So that's another lie. Number four, that rest is a waste of time. And that if we rest, it'll just make us fall further behind. Or it's going to backfire on us. The cost is too high. Any combination of those things. That it's a waste of time. It's too unproductive. (laughs) Number five, Kind of similar, but a little bit, taking a little bit a step further. That things will fall apart. That I can't rest because I have to do everything. That it's all on me. That I'm the glue that's holding everything together and everyone together. And if I rest, everything's going to fall apart. Number six, a lot of shoulds that we're holding on to. I have to do all of these things, or I should be doing all of these things. I must do all of these things instead of resting. 
Or if we do say yes to rest or we are kind of finally surrendering to rest, like I feel sometimes like I always laugh about this, like I'm like my toddler refusing his nap when he desperately needs a nap. Like that's me to God when God is like, Megan, you really need to rest. I'm like, no, 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 I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm going to push through. I'm going to push through. I'm going to keep doing what I want to be doing, you know? And like, we want that sense of control and autonomy, but like how many times is God just knows what's better (laughs) and what's for our good. Just like we know for our kids, like what's best for them as well but they don't have that maturity to understand it like we do. And same thing with God and us. That's so funny. So yeah, how many of those things are we carrying above our heads of all these shoulds? Or when we do rest, we feel the shame and guilt around resting. So we can't actually truly enter into rest freely because we're like, we're trying to rest, but our our mind is like fighting against it, you know? Uh, It's the worst. Number seven is the lie that resting or the need to rest is inherently weak or that we'd be falling into weakness of some kind that we're weak if we have to rest and that something's wrong with us number eight the lie i can push through i'm fine i'll be fine it's all good i'm used to pushing through i'm you know again it could be like i'm super strong it's all good how many of us push past exhaustion, push past until we hit a breaking point or we start to become resentful or we start to feel like we're so overburdened that it's all too much. That is a sign of pushing through too far. Number nine, the lie that that it's actually lazy to rest. <laughs> that if I just keep pushing through, if I keep sacrificing my own rest and my own needs for everybody else, this kind of sense of martyrdom, that that's more holy, that's more dignified, that I have to be productive all the time, otherwise I'm being lazy, I'm not being responsible. We assign this like moral weight and moral responsibility of always being productive on always working. And yes, diligence and perseverance those things are virtues but at the same time it can get into the realm of pride very easily and we lose temperance we lose humility we lose the faith and trust that it takes to actually rest and to surrender our to-do list to god for a few moments (laughs) you know number 10 the last lie here that i'm going to talk about is that I am being a bad mom or wife or I'm selfish if I rest and that I should feel guilty for resting because of it. I should feel shame around it. And again, oftentimes when we do try to overcome these lies and we enter into rest, we feel because we really need to decompress at this point. Maybe we've hit a breaking point. Maybe our body is like shutting down because we're so exhausted or we're like forced to rest almost. We don't actually fully rest because we're consciously thinking about all the things that we should be doing instead. And we feel this guilt and shame surrounding it. And so now that I've gone through all those, I would love to hear what speaks to you or if all of those speak to you, if you're like, yes, this is all me. I struggle with all these things. You are not alone. Oh my goodness. This is like story of my life over here. Mama, you are worthy of rest. I know there's a million things left on your to-do list. There's mountains of laundry to get done. 
those chores you got to catch up on, a house to clean, messages to reply to, you know, there's work to be done, so many things vying for your attention. But do not be afraid to honor your needs too, because you matter too. You are worthy of that. You deserve to rest too, even if everything isn't done yet. Because the truth is, when is everything going to be done? In the last few months, truly, I would say, and this has been iterative over time, I've been growing this, but like the last few months is the first time ever as a mom, I've really been starting to actually give myself permission to rest too, to listen to what my body, my mind, and my spirit really need instead of just bypassing my own needs and just pouring from an empty cup. Because I was really used to giving from an empty cup, giving from a place of depletion. But if we truly want to give sustainably and generously, we're invited to not just pour ourselves out, but also to receive. And I would argue it's necessary to receive so that we can give from a place of overflow. That's what the Lord desires for us. So we have to allow ourselves to be filled by him, to rest in him, and to receive help from others as well instead of just trying to do it all on our own, to prove ourselves to in, or to others that we can we really are invited to prioritize our own integrated health too because our children are going to see us either either doing that or ignoring all of our own needs and they're going to pick up on what again what we do and they're going to be be either receiving the messages of whether or not they are worthy of the same of resting too based on whether we rest and of course we are moms 24 7 we're in some ways always on duty right we wear so many hats and so no matter how gracefully we carry our load, it, it's a lot. It gets pretty heavy. And I think when we don't admit this, we are already falling into you know, many of the traps that keep us stuck. But we can try to push past exhaustion forever, but eventually something's going to have to give. We force to slow down the hard way, we'll, or we'll just realize one day we've got nothing left in the tank. You know, Our patience is going to wear too thin. We're going to fall apart. We lose our peace. We lose the life within us. We've got nothing left for those who matter most because they're going to see the worst parts of us. That's the truth. That's the reality. And we can't give what we don't have. So, you know, whether it's a nap that you never allow yourself to take, or the invitation to cuddle longer with your babies, you know, to soak in those precious moments with them and leave the dishes in the sink for the afternoon, you know, whether it's to take the time to pause and to enjoy your food instead of scarfing it down while you're working, setting the to-do list aside and just asking the Lord to just be with you and to help you know your worth is not in what you do, but that you are loved in just being his beloved daughter. Or whether it's listening to your body that tells you it needs a rest day or it needs a little bit lighter movement instead of the intense workout that you felt kind of obligated to do. I just encourage you to give yourself that permission too. And truly, sometimes resting actually takes more strength and courage and faith than just pushing through. I believe that with all my heart. And that's why pregnancy and postpartum and giving ourselves grace through motherhood is one of the hardest things because so many of us in either the competitive environments we've been in as an athlete or in academic environments or in the military where we're constantly, it's constantly ingrained in us to push past exhaustion, to push harder, to hustle more, to this pressure to prove ourselves and kind of overcompensate sometimes for like that pressure to earn our right to be there as women, to deserve to be at the room, to deserve the seat at the table. You know, I think those things get so deeply ingrained in us. And so we associate our worth with doing more and hustling harder and working even harder and just being the hardest worker in the room. 
And what that ends up looking like, though, is oftentimes pushing past all of our own needs of not honoring our value is not in how other people see us and in our performance and in what we produce and in the perceptions of others. The world idolizes productivity and work, perfectly clean homes, so many things that distract us from what's truly most important. But we have a choice what we subscribe to and what lies we say no to, what truths we say yes to instead, whether we do things the world's way or whether we do things God's way. And none of that is easy. It takes a lot of discernment. But that's why we're here, having these hard conversations, these heart-to-hearts. Because I want you to have the tools to honestly evaluate what this looks like in your own life and the courage to live that out. Sometimes we just need to see that it's possible or we need the encouragement to look at things a little bit different way when all we feel around us are these expectations and pressures and this, these messages and these narratives of society and of the world. We sometimes need somebody to share a little bit of God's truth with us, even when it's hard, even when it's not popular. So I'm going to use several stories and some scripture to debunk these and to illustrate why they are false. And again, why the devil wants to keep us stuck believing these lies. And we're going to replace them with God's truth because that's what it takes to renew our minds. So we can enter into the joy and the peace that he truly desires for us. So we're going to examine this together. And I know for me, God has just been realigning my kind of mistaken beliefs in this and the ways that I've been conditioned that just do not really serve me anymore to help me move from what I, where I was in early motherhood, which was barely just surviving as I think so many of us are and being, you know, chronically stressed and overwhelmed and anxious to now really feeling like I am able to thrive in all the different areas of my life as my baseline. And I just want to give you hope that this is possible for you too. No matter where you are, this is possible. I think it's so easy for us to look around, you know, the world around us and probably most of the other moms in our lives who are by no fault of their own, just simply trying to survive and running on fumes in reaction mode all day and feeling like our life is being dictated by all the different demands and pressures all the time. But my friend, I want to encourage you that God has made us for so much more than just simply surviving. And it's not to say that our life is meant to be easy. It's not by any means meant to be easy. We are going to struggle, but God has designed us for life to the full, for life abundant. And that means peace and joy is always available to us, regardless of whatever our circumstances are. And so I think so much of a part of this is learning how to rest and to be and to be in his presence and to be filled by him first. And so I want to ask you, you know, a few things to reflect on here. Do you feel comfortable with sitting still with unplanned or unproductive time with allowing yourself to rest you know i think it is an act of strength and humility in allowing ourselves and our bodies to rest for example during pregnancy you know maybe in the first trimester if you're like hit you feel like you're hit by a train with exhaustion 
and you know, you can't keep up with your normal schedule or routine and you feel like, okay, I just got to get, I just got to lay down and rest. And you're beating yourself up about that. Or maybe early postpartum, you're having a really hard time allowing yourself to, to be where you are, to heal, to go slow, to slow down enough, to really allow yourself to recover before jumping back into all the things again. You know, or how much are we just like dying to get back out there to our normal exercise routine, to like speed ourselves back up, to rush our recovery again. I think sometimes we can feel uncomfortable in being alone with our thoughts, with being alone with ourselves, with being alone with the Lord. And we kind of have to ask ourselves, like, what are we running from? What we, might we not quite be willing to face? Because I know for me, I've oftentimes, when I've been really examining this, I recognize that sometimes I have had to depend on distractions from the silence, distractions from the stillness, keep myself occupied to escape feelings I don't want to face. I sometimes have to allow productivity to consume me because I'm relying on busyness, on surface level work over the deeper, harder, sometimes harder work, harder but more fruitful work of feeling, of thinking, of reflecting, of praying, of discerning, of being, because it feels easier to do. And why does it feel easier to do? Because our, our worth oftentimes in this world is placed in our productivity. You know, work can tend to always hang over our head. You know, it's never quite done. And when we place so much of our worth in doing, in what we get done on our to-do list and what we check off and what we accomplish, then yeah, of course, it's going to feel more comfortable doing instead of being. So I want you to ask yourself those questions. I also want you to ask yourself, the second thing is, where is not resting leading you? If we really examine, we, we know a tree by its fruits. So if we really examine the fruits and the trajectory of our tendency to not rest, we can see if it's aligned with God's will. We can see more clearly. Because in many ways, as I've learned in my own life, taking a hard look at this, being busier can actually lead to more barrenness rather than more fruit. And rest is this invitation to surrender my plans, to lay down my to-do list, to give it all to the Lord, and to ask Jesus, please take care of it all. You've got this, not me. And I'm oftentimes falling into so much self-reliance and pushing God away when I'm throwing myself into busyness, when I'm denying his invitation to rest. So let's go into some scripture here so we can ground ourselves in the truth of God's word. And I'm going to share a couple stories of times in which I really struggled to rest that were big wake-up calls for me and how needed it is. So Psalm 62.1, my soul finds rest in God alone. My salvation comes from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will never be shaken. My soul finds rest in God alone. Yeah, if we aren't finding rest in him, then we're not going to find true rest. So that is the first thing that is true rest. Deuteronomy 5.12, observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy as the Lord your God has commanded you. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. 
And yes, he makes me lie down in green pastures. <laughs> that's what he does as our shepherd to restore our soul. And that's where he's leading us. And so, you know, we're called not to worry, to be anxious about all of these other things, to include all the things that we have to do, you know, because oftentimes it's a deeper symptom of a root lack of trust in God's provision. Because if we feel like we have to be busy all the time, that everything is relying on us, we're falling into the lie that we have to provide for ourselves on our own. That God isn't there to provide for us. That he's, that he's not going to come through for us. And we cannot, the truth is, we cannot hear from God if we are running too fast, if we're throwing ourselves into busyness and filling every single second of our life with noise or with all the distractions, with the pressures, with the anxieties, you know, f being afraid of missing out on all the things or not being able to keep up with the person to our left or right or all the great things everyone else is doing. We will not be able to spiritually thrive if our soul is not able to slow down, if our mind is not slow and slowed down enough to hear from God. And so amidst all the pressures, the demands, the responsibilities, those things that can drain us on a day-to-day -day basis, even when our days don't stop as busy moms who, who truly are on 24-7, we have to remember that God will restore our souls and we can only find our rest in Him, true rest in Christ. Psalm 44.8 I will lie down and sleep in peace for you alone, or O Lord, make me dwell in safety. We will not feel safe and secure to actually rest, to lie down, to slow down, unless we remember that our identity is secure in Him. Because we're going to feel like our worth is constantly on the line, that we constantly have to earn our worth, that we constantly have to prove ourselves. Psalms 127, 2. In vain you rise early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat, for he grants sleep to those he loves. Unless the Lord builds the house, its builders labor in vain. It is useless for you to work so hard from early morning until late at night, anxiously working for food to eat, for God gives rest to his loved ones, right? So, yeah, how much are we just toiling in, in this striving, laboring in vain, this anxiousness that God, you know, this worry that God's not going to provide. And so again, where are we not trusting? Where are we not surrendering? I think rest is a form of trust and surrender. And that's one of the hardest things about it because our fallen human nature doesn't want to trust and surrender. It's that lie from the enemy that we have to figure it out all, all on our own, that we know better than God, that we can do better than God. No, it's it's that original sin even that we're falling back into. Mark two twenty seven. The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Oh, that was so good. The Sabbath was intended for us. It's not meant to be a burden, you know. Resting is not meant to be a burden. It's meant to be a gift from God. And at the same time, there is there is that balance of you know we're not denying our responsibilities and our duties when we are resting. It's, it's that balance of discerning, you know, what does God call us to say yes to and no to? And we look at those moments in scripture when, you know, even on the Sabbath, when Jesus still continued to do good works, to heal, to save people, people's lives, to perform miracles. Those moments when, you know, the Pharisees were looking to accuse Jesus of when he healed a man or when he healed a crippled woman. 
And Jesus then went and taught, no, you know, I am still doing my father's will, right? And so it's, it's that balance of our soul being in that place of rest. We are resting spiritually in him. We're finding our rest in him and trusting that the Lord is going to point us towards those things that we are called to do and those things that we're called to lay down when we are called to lay down. (laughs) So let me tell you a couple stories. So Christmas, two years ago, I was at this point doing full-time public affairs work basically. And so part of my job was to run our social media accounts for my unit and kind of self-imposed slash sort of externally imposed expectations of continuing to post over the holidays for our soldiers and for families. And most of it was, was basically, you know, holiday messages, but at the same time, we didn't really allocate enough time to prepare ahead our, all of our posts and pre-schedule all of our content. So what did that mean? We ended up having to do some work over the actual Christmas break. And there I was oh, on, it was like the last couple days of Christmas and the New Year's. It was an evening and we were with our extended family, uh, my in-laws, and we had Matthew at the time, who was a year and a half old, and we're spending this time as a family. And I'm like sitting there after dinner, after every, we all ate dinner as a family, I'm sitting there on the kitchen table and working super hard on several posts. So I'm writing, I'm like super immersed in this work, just trying to get it done so I could move on with my life. And my mother-in-law comes up and basically what was happening at the time was everyone was starting to dance, do it like a dance party in the kitchen and they're dancing. I don't even remember what they're dancing to, but they're dancing to like some Christmas music or something. And they were having this beautiful time. And I was like missing out on this amazing moment. And my mother-in-law comes over and she's like, Megan, like, what are you doing? Like, put this work down and come join us, you know? Um, and I was just like, let me just get this done. Like, I really just want to get this done. And then later, I think it was later like that day or in the morning, she, she kind of called me out on it, you know, and basically not being present. And I, at the time, like got pretty defensive about it because I was just weighed down by the external pressures. I was like, I didn't feel like I had a choice. I didn't feel like I had a choice to be present or to rest in that moment. Cause I was like, no, like I have to do this work. And it was just this, I felt so torn in that moment. And the reality was, yeah, we either could have prepared ahead more or I could have instead just waited until there was a time when we're done with all of our family events we could have simplified things. We could have said no to things. We could have had a hard conversation with our brigade commander and decided, hey, we're not, not going to do any work over this Christmas time and essentially ask for permission to do that if we felt like we needed to receive that permission from him. So my question for you is where might you be feeling a lot of pressure of all the shoulds And that pressure is actually causing you to lose sight of the beautiful blessings right in front of you, of the gift of the present moment. And where can you give yourself permission or if you need to ask for permission from someone else so that you can be free to be present, then I encourage you to take that step and do that. Because I don't want you to look back at your Christmas and your holiday season with your family with regrets. Where do you feel like you have to 
compromise your ability to be present in order to get something done. Because those are the times I just really encourage you to get very curious about what's going on beneath the surface that is taking away your freedom in that choice. And for me, that pressure was, a lot of it was coming from the fact that I had just come into this full-time brigade PAO position. I was in a very new job, new role, was, you know, developing a reputation And a lot of our reputation, obviously, in the military is based on our performance and what we produce. And so I was feeling that pressure to produce and to prove myself in a lot of ways through my hard work, even through the holiday season. And the narrative in my mind at the time of what it would take to go above and beyond was that I had to sacrifice my time with my family to prove my willingness to work hard for the team. And several months later, you know, my brigade commander is basically encouraging us to slow down because we're running too fast and burning ourselves out. And that's what tends to happen. But sometimes we need somebody to go in and say, hey, you're actually working too hard. You're going to work yourself to the ground and you can slow down. It's okay. You're running on this hamster wheel too fast. Like you're setting your pace and your, your pace is faster than it needs to be. You can let go of some of that hustle. Another one that I will share is I think we all hit breaking points at certain times, right? We all feel like there's those moments when we just feel like we're falling apart, you know, and we can tend to look around us and be like, how the heck is everybody else holding it all together? And there's just something wrong with me, you know, but the truth is, no, we all, we all struggle in different ways and we're all fighting these invisible battles. But I will share this time when I hit a breaking point in, it was probably about four months ago we were in kind of the the thick of our captain's career course training course here we had a bunch of different exams and graded events back to back the kids were managing like kids sicknesses left and right trying to keep up with the home i was pumping and nursing around the clock i was super sleep deprived waking up with william and dealing with his sleep regressions matthew's transition was extremely rough going into this new daycare Um, when we moved and everything about, you know, his behavior and his experience there with the daycare was just really worrying us. I was, you know, running my business and keeping things going there, feeling a lot of pressure in that too. I was obviously navigating my own postpartum recovery still. And the truth was the invisible load around managing the home felt very disproportionate at the time. And what I was noticing was there was the resentment and kind of bitterness um, starting to increase. And I felt like, oh my gosh, this is just so unfair. How can my husband just rest whenever he wants to and have no guilt around that? No like worries or anxiety around that. And whereas for me, like I'm worrying about all these things. I'm managing all these things and it's always hanging over my head. Work and all of the to-do list and all of the things around the home like are, are just, it felt like it was holding me hostage and I could not be fully present with my kids and I didn't feel like I could truly rest and I think this is the reality for many of us as wives and moms we can feel like we're drowning and we can feel that invisible load 24 7 and we can hit a breaking point at some point in time and I truly hit a breaking point and I ended up having like three days of insomnia so much anxiety and stress and I just ended up like for three it was like the second or third night in the middle of the night, I just was like pouring my heart out to God in prayer and was just praying and journaling. And like I, I did the written reflection. I just felt like I was like in this cocoon. And when I emerged from that at the end of the week, I finally sat down and I just like talked to Tim and I was, I just broke down crying and told him like, 
I just couldn't hold it all together anymore because it became too heavy to hold on my own. And I shared it with him and he just like received me so graciously. And, you know, it was just such a beautiful lesson too in our marriage because we've grown so much in this. And I usually don't get to the point where I'm like carrying the invisible load on my own anymore because I've gotten so much better about communication with him before we get to that breaking point. But like this was a, one of those sort of, um, cases of what used to be super common came up again. And so, you know, we all, no matter where you're on your journey, you know, we all still struggle with things that we grow in from time to time. Right. And so, yeah, I was definitely not in a great place, but Tim, it just really reinforced, like Tim wants to be there for me and he wants to step up and he wants to help and he wants to share the load. And if I don't communicate to him early enough, then it's just this barrier that, that is, in the way from letting other people in who truly are meant to be there for us. And so same thing with God. God wants to be there for us. He wants to give us rest. And the crazy thing was, the beautiful thing, this is just God's timing and the way he moves. But that week we reflected on this and I shared my story in my group coaching community, in my Renew community. And all, like, I think it was three or four of us who were on that call. And we have an intimate community where it's about... We about have that amount of women on each call, and that's why it's just so beautiful as we're walking with each other, really, really holding space for each other in this. It was this lesson that God was teaching us all at the same time, because every single one of us had a similar story over the course of that week or two. And so we all were realizing these barriers that were hindering us from asking for help, from letting other people in, from resting, and these lies that we needed to carry all of these things on our own. And we were all, we just learned, we were taking on so much more than we were meant to carry. We were meant to share these burdens. And God wanted us to slow down the entire time and to let other people in and to ask for help. But there were all these narratives in our mind about what that would mean about us, about how that would make us weak, about there was something wrong with us, and that, you know, all of these things, to include all the lies that we went through today. And so I think so many of these things too are, you know, for those of us who are naturally driven, competitive, who may have been athletes our whole life, who are very hard on ourselves, we expect a lot of ourselves, it can be so hard to slow down our own pace. And that's, those are the women that I coach too. Every single one of us in my group coaching community, every single one of my one-on-one clients, this is, this is all of us. We are our worst critics. We tend to be extremely, extremely hard on ourselves and tend to be perfectionists too. And so my friend, Sister, what is a small way that you today can give yourself permission to rest? That you, over the rest of this Christmas season, in the Advent season, can make more room in your heart for the Lord and in your life for the Lord by allowing yourself to be. To let yourself be filled, be delighted in, so that you can be made more fully alive with the peace and the hope, the joy and the true soul filling rest that God desires for you. So while you are pouring yourself out for everyone else, God sees you. He's smiling upon you. He's reminding you that you are also worthy of rest, that you can run into his arms and just be, that you can surrender all the things that are left undone, (laughs) all the things that are weighing on you to him, because he loves you regardless of your good work regardless of your productivity, regardless of your performance, regardless of the state of your home, regardless of your unfinished to-do list. He loves you even when you are not doing and when you are far from perfect. 
because where you are weak, he is strong. Where you are inadequate, he is enough. His grace is enough. So give yourself that permission to rest. Accept his permission that he is giving you to rest. To be present. To cuddle with your little ones longer. To look your loved ones in the eye. To lay down whatever burdens you are carrying. Because you are doing more than enough. Last verse that I will leave you with is John 15. When Jesus says, abide in me. Remain in me and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine, and neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, and you are the branches. If you remain in me, and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. So what is the fruit that's going to last this Christmas season for you? It's probably not going to be whatever pressure you are feeling to be perfect. It's probably not those unchecked boxes on your to-do list. That might not be the fruit that lasts, right? So focus on the fruit that lasts because I don't want you to have regrets coming out of the season or to wish it could have looked different. I don't want you to miss out on the magic that's right in front of you. When you're trying so hard to hustle yourself into creating all the magic, It is right in front of you, and it is in the rest. I know it can feel harder sometimes, but move through that discomfort, because in that is the true fruit that God wants to bless you with, to bless your family with. So I'm praying for you. I am right here with you in this struggle, and together we can do this.